So your identity crisis, your hair identity crisis. Yes. Well, hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, we were distracted about the fact that I am in the middle of a severe identity crisis because my hair is so long. It has not been this long since I was 15 years old. Um, and I have talked to all my friends about this. They're all going to be sick of it. They're probably going to want to fast forward through this part, but I had like a, like earlier in the week, I think Monday or something, I broke down and I was like, what is going on? I can't do this anymore. So I scheduled to get a haircut. We're here for that. Um, <laughs> and, and for the listeners, that was Ella. She's <laughs> going out of her comfort zone and getting her hair professionally done Yes. Sad I won't be her hairdresser anymore, but really happy for her to take these adult steps. So for those of you who need a voice reminder, Ella is the one going through an identity crisis about her hair. Justine is the one who is stress shopping and buying a bunch of dresses and now having to wear them around the house like a 50s housewife. (laughs) (laughs) Stress shopping a lot of things. I, um... You know, like any chance I get to stress, because basically if I'm not stress shopping, I'm stress eating. Right. <laughs> so, so like really, what is the better of two evils? Right. So, you know, I'm trying to channel it like after the extravagance of buying three dresses, I'm trying to channel it a little like, for example, like I donated to a cause like that. <laughs> if I'm going to spend my money, I should spend it in a good way. Or like I needed new coffee. So I like Today, my purchase, my stress purchase was ordering coffee. Um, so we're you trying to handle it in productive ways. I recently spent my money on, and I'm not even going to call it stress shopping. It was just something I really wanted. Yeah. One of my favorite makeup brands. Um, they do a lot of like limited edition collections. Okay. They launched a collection that was a Lizzie McGuire theme. Ooh, that's fun. So it was all like throwback, like 2002 pink glitters like all tie-dye packaging, flower power, like so cute and fun. Um, And so I did buy some stuff from that and I'm so glad I did. It is amazing. I bought some extra lip gloss. If you want one, Justine, I'll send it to you with your birthday present. I I mean, I always want lip gloss because I, you know, that the only thing I buy is lipstick when it comes to makeup. So I will send you. Um, I do have to tell you too on like the hair front. Okay. I don't know if you notice. I do notice. But so I, I, you and I were texting about this a couple weeks ago in that I was like totally spiraling. I went on Facebook and I was looking at like all of these, I was basically every picture that I've ever been tagged in, in my entire life on Facebook. I went through like every right. single one and like personal information here is that somewhere around late 2014, early 2015, I started to get really depressed and I started to like physically change in photos because I was eating tortilla chips and salsa and ice cream and drinking wine. And that was like my sole diet when I lived in DC. And like, I was just like very unhealthy. And then even when I like left DC and I was like more healthy, I was like going grad school and I was like stressed and just like progressively like looking less and less like what I feel like I look like, you know, like less and less myself. So I had not an identity crisis, but I was definitely like spiraling the other day. And in true Justine fashion, (laughs) I went, okay, so like late 2014, early 2015 is when pictures started to change. 
Um, and I stopped recognizing myself. Also, when I started to part my hair in the middle. <laughs> so with the exception of a brief tenure in 2017 when I was growing out my bangs. But other than that, I've had you know, 2017, 2018, when I was growing out my bangs, summer 2018, I was growing out my bangs. But other than that, no, 2017, sorry, 2017. So other than that, I've had my hair parted on the side. So I've recently started parting it on the side again to try and feel like my old self. I mean, I get it. Not about parting my hair on the side. I'm not even like the biggest proponent of like middle parts only. Like sometimes I feel really cute when I have a side part. Yeah. Um, I have two points going off of this, but I get it. Like there are certain styles where I need to feel like myself. That's why I need to cut my hair because I, I just feel weird. And then the other thing is it's springtime. I know everybody this time goes light. They get a balayage or whatever. They go blonde. Mm -hmm. And I was sending like inspo pics to the lady I booked my hair with this morning. And I, I said to her, I was like, I know it's spring. So everybody's going light, but I just don't feel like myself. Like I need my hair black or almost black to truly feel like myself. Um, this is going to go into another topic, but, um, Demi Lovato's hair in the new documentary, the docuseries about her is like, you know, I'm always trying to be Demi. I mean, I say that very lightly. (laughs) I'm always trying to look like Demi, um, and, and live certain parts of her life. Um, Okay. I'm really saying this all wrong, but her hair is phenomenal. Um, the other thing that you mentioned about growing your bangs out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're growing I your bangs out. So, oh well, yeah, I'm growing my bangs out and they're not even that bad. Like I'm not even that mad about it. Cause I cut them so long to begin with, but I'm so nervous about going to a professional hairstylist. I am so worried. They're going to be like, what is wrong with your hair? And I'm going to have to be like, I've been box dyeing it since I was 11. And also I cut my own hair during quarantine. And she's going to be like, dear Honestly, God. They, so first of all, maybe, but like, they probably have so many people that have the same story, That's you know? Nice. And like the fact that you're like going to them now and you're like, I'm now an adult and I want like my professional life. Mm-hmm. If she's a good hairdresser, she will take that and like run yeah. with it. Like, I remember when I was a senior in college and I like, I'd gotten my hair done at places before, but I remember like I had a really bad ombre mm-hmm. and I was like, I just like, it looks brassy and it's not good. Like it was good at first, but it grew out weird. And like, I'm about to graduate college. I need to like look professional. And I remember the lady I went to in Santa Cruz who was pricey was like, girl, I got you. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to make you look like an adult human. So hopefully that goes well. We will touch back on that. Um, But I guess let's just get into our pop culture thing. One of the things I have been obsessed with over the last couple of weeks is the Demi docuseries that's been coming out on YouTube. So I've not seen it yet. It's intense. It is very intense. Like I, I didn't watch the first one when it came out or like the first two episodes came out on the same day or something. And I couldn't watch them both in the same day. Like even though they're 20 minutes, it was just really heavy and it was really overwhelming. And I think I, and because of who they have in it, and it's like, it's basically like her, her very best friends and like her sisters and them kind of telling the story. That's like a lot. Um, but I recommend it's good. It was super eye-opening. I had no idea how, I mean, I knew that the overdose was serious, but like it was like, she should not be alive. 
alive, yeah. let alone doing as decently okay as she is. Yeah, you know, my housemates and I have had a few discussions about this, and we haven't watched it yet, but so maybe after I've watched it, we should have a deeper discussion, but it's really, it raises a couple of really interesting questions. Like one being like, she's made, like, I didn't know this. You're the one that told me that she's made these sort of documentaries. Like every time she has an album that comes out, Mm -hmm. which also sort of recently has really coincided with like every time she has an overdose or every time she goes to rehab or something. Yeah. And so it's this really interesting concept of, I understand taking sort of your pain and experience and turning it into an album and like writing, like being inspired to write music about that. But I have a harder time understanding why like a documentary needs to be made about it, especially Mm -hmm. because it sort of feels like she has an overdose or something really bad happens. She recovers, she makes an album about it. And then her recovery is really tied to the success of the album and her tour and all of this stuff. And then she sort of falls off the wagon and it goes around in circles again. What's really interesting is she actually, she was having a documentary being made back in 2018, which Mm -hmm. obviously halted in July when the overdose happened. And they basically scrapped everything, threw away the footage, Um, which I think is really crazy because I didn't know they were even filming back then and um, that it's taken that long. But I don't know. I feel like compared to some of the other ones and I mean I guess I've only other seen one of the other ones like there's a lot of stuff that isn't discussed and I think that she has such a reputation for being kind of this like body image warrior and mm-hmm. celebrating all this stuff and you know coming out and all these other things that there's so much background to it that I think is important to hear mm-hmm. um, and so I don't know I've been really enjoying the series and the album comes out tonight so exciting which leads to my second point because I am overwhelmed about today this April Fool's Day this April Fool's Day what's going on because you know what came out at 9 a.m this morning Miss Olivia Rodrigo came out with her second song Deja Vu which oh my god she is the Gleek of the week I did see that you liked that tweet is a member of the Glee Club um I, it's really good. I really like it. I mean, it's obviously doesn't have the same like icon as driver's license, but mm-hmm. even if driver's license hadn't come out, I still think people would be jamming to the song. It's a bop. Well, I am excited to listen to it. I'm excited to listen to Demi's new album. I'm, I'm excited for Demi's music. Like I'm really excited for her to be, I like almost everything that she's put out in the last couple of years. I've really enjoyed. So I'm excited for that. Um, she was one of the people that I remembered the other day. I think we owe her an apology. Yeah. The list of women. We do owe her an apology. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would agree with that. I also don't know if we put Miley on that list. You did. You put Miley on that list. I think someone else we could apologize to, not necessarily, like, for the same reasons, and I will admit to being part of the problem with this, too, is Selena Gomez. We do. Did you hear about that thing that happened on the Saved by the Bell reboot? Yeah, they made a joke about her. Yeah, there was like an ongoing joke throughout the entire episode about her lupus. Right. Which is so strange. It's so strange. What a, what a weird thing. 
thing. I was thinking we more need to apologize to her for how we like talked about her and Justin Bieber's relationship. Oh, of course, that's part of it. But that I I don't know. I just how we talked about her and the weekend's relationship, or maybe just me. <laughs> um, this podcast has really turned into Ella and Justine apologize for being judgy. But the thing is, we're not even apologizing on behalf of ourselves. We're apologizing. I mean, we are, but we're taking it upon ourselves to apologize on behalf of the entire world. We are putting that weight on our shoulders. I mean, some of it we have done ourselves. We should rename this podcast to We Apologize For You. I think there's probably already a podcast called that. Well, there's, okay. (laughs) I was going to say we, I was going to tell you that there is already a podcast and an Instagram called two judgy girls <laughs> um but it's more they they focus on like bravo stuff which leads to one of my pop culture things of the week okay shaking bravo news everywhere you don't care about this but it's actually kind of funny okay it's not funny but it's kind of funny so this past year bravo launched real housewives of salt lake city so it was their first season are they a bunch of mormons a bunch of them are Mormons. Oh, I love it. Okay. It doesn't talk nearly as enough about the, as the Mormon church as you wish it would, but it was a really good season. Like, they're saying it may be one of the best launches of any of the seasons ever. Like, it was so good. Fun. Like, one okay. is, like, been excommunicated from the church because her and her husband got together when they were both married to other people. Oh, my God. Tea. I love it. Okay. So, anyway, so there was all this stuff, and there's this person on it named Jen Shaw, and, like, she's lives this super lavish lifestyle she's um I don't remember uh, this is gonna sound awful she's Asian I don't remember what her um like actual ethnicity is but she's married to um this guy called coach Shaw who is a football coach and she actually left the Mormon church to become she was converting to Islam because that's what he his religion is and they have a whole family and they've been together since college and again like super lavish lifestyle has a whole like not just glam squad, but like a whole squad that come, like like entourage that comes with her that like runs her businesses and stuff. And including this guy named Stuart, who was like her number one assistant and like drives her around places. And she's also like the craziest one, like to the point where we like halfway through the season, we're like, Jen, you know, you don't have to audition anymore, right? Like, like, you know, yeah. you don't have to audition anymore. So, and there was like this craziness because she was like, getting really drunk and really crazy and she said it was because she was so upset because her husband wasn't ever around because he was always traveling for football and like turns out he's like this the the school he coaches for is like not a d1 and he's like a third string coach so it didn't make sense that he couldn't like come home for her father's funeral like that didn't make sense that was weird right yeah anyway yesterday new like also she's never really been able to explain what she does for a job what she told andy cohen on the reunion was that she that when people want to start a business she has the algorithm behind that connecting on facebook for like what people see as advertisements yesterday she was arrested by the fbi for fraud her and her number one assistant Stuart have had for the last 12 years have been scamming old people that want to start online businesses getting all their information and then selling it to third-party telemarketers and then taking a part proceed part of the proceeds of what the telemarketers were fake selling those people for their online businesses that's awful it's like 
crazy. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just old people. It was like people starting online businesses, but mostly anyone over 55 is going right. to be that are more susceptible. To. Right. So it was sort of like helping these people with their online business, selling their information. And then those telemarketers would sell them more stuff that were supposed to like help with their online business, but like none of it was helping. And so they were like, like that's how she was making all her money. And she was the CEO of like three different companies that did this. That is terrible. And they were supposed to have, they were supposed to be arraigned yesterday, but the trial, the arraignment was like on zoom, obviously. And it was a public hearing. And so many people dialed in from Bravo, like Bravo fans and stuff, including like Wendy Williams. Like you hear Wendy Williams on the line at one point that Jen Shaw couldn't get onto her own arraignment. So the judge had to like reschedule the trial for like another day. Oh my God. That's iconic. They were in the middle of filming season two. So they like literally like showed up at her house. She wasn't there because all the women were about to go to Vail for like a ski trip. Her husband called her to tell her like what was up. She got the call with all the women in like the production vans. She gets a call from her husband. She goes, oh my God, I got to go. There's something wrong with my husband. There's an emergency. She has her aunt pick her up. She hits the road. The production crew have no idea what's going on. Suddenly the FBI show up at the, like, pull over the production vans and stuff and are, like, asking all these questions, looking for her. And they're, like, she just left with her aunt. So they pinged her cell phone and that's how they found her. Oh, my God. That's insane. Wild. Okay. Um, You're, like, suddenly I'm going to watch Bravo. I know, right? (laughs) Well, this is reminding me of two things. One, since last time we talked... I watched the college admissions scandal on Netflix on my list to talk to you. I thought it was done really well. I liked it. I hated it. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was really boring. I thought it was boring. I thought it was weird that they acted out all of those scenes. Like I liked the reenactments. I felt like I understood it better, but I, I am not normally a fan of reenactments. So I do get it. I think what I wanted, you wanted more drama. I wanted more drama. I wanted to know who originally like tipped off the FBI or who like, you know, like how did they originally know to even look for was That was like the one thing I was curious about. Like how did the FBI just like start tracking these things? I also like, this is hard to say because I guess you don't always have to have like a moral at the end of the story, but at the end, it sort of just leaves it on this note of like college is st- was people still want to go to college and the system still sucks no yeah that like, is true no real like resolution you don't really know what's gonna happen to him necessarily like and it I mean it, obviously this was a real story so it like sucks that like the villain ended up like still being like he screwed over the parents and the schools and others so, like he just screwed everyone over yeah um I mean honestly the one takeaway from that documentary was fuck Stanford I mean, and others. <laughs> but Stanford was the one that, like, fired that one coach who had, like, really nothing to do with it except mm-hmm. for, like, accidentally being involved. And he was the one who also got charged and stuff. Right. And he's the one who, like, the, even the FBI were like, yeah, he was not involved. He just right. had, like, we gave him as minimal as possible. <laughs> right. Like, he had barely, because he was there or whatever, like, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um. 
yeah, no, like Stanford's reaction was not necessarily an overreaction, but it was certainly like, it felt very unfair. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I did, I did like it, but I think it was also done in kind of a similar way to um, the social dilemma. Like it was done in a similar style and I did like the social dilemma. I felt like other topics I might not have liked done the way it was, but I was okay with that. Um, The other thing, this is completely random, but you were just talking about this woman from Bravo, Jen, Jen Shaw. Yeah. I recently was just like watching one of the like true crime videos, like from one of the creators on YouTube that I like. Yeah. No big deal, whatever. And I just like kind of turned it on and started doing work, like not paying that much attention. But this girl who was um, the victim in this true crime case, I started paying attention because she's actually from Santa Cruz, which for those of you who are listening and don't know, which I think all of you know us. So that would be weird. That's where we're from. And the guy um, who killed her actually was like a VH1 Bravo type dating show star. Yeah. Yeah. He was on. Okay. So the thing was his shows that he was on, like basically got canceled because all this stuff came out about him. So he was on a show called Megan wants a millionaire. Ew. I don't like that. I don't know what that is. Like apparently this girl, Megan had been on a bunch of those other dating shows. And this reminded me of you because we talk about all these like terrible dating shows that were on, um, whenever. So she was like known as like the gold digger. So they made a separate show for her called Megan wants a millionaire. And he was, like, one of the front runners. Like, apparently while they were filming, he was, like, she was gonna pick him. But the producers were, like, he's not the fan favorite. Like, we think that you should go with this other guy so we can have another season. And she's, like, okay, cool. So she doesn't pick him. So he doesn't win Megan once a But then there's this other show that they're producing called I Love Money or something. Some reality show where they're competing for money and it never airs. Like they cut Megan Watts Million off like after the third episode because all the stuff came out where he killed his wife. And then the other one, I don't know. I'm going to send you the video or find some articles because I think that you're going to be very intrigued, but I just really needed to share that with you. That is crazy. I That reminds me of, have you watched Bling Empire yet? No, I haven't. So there's this girl on it who dates this guy who used to be a Power Ranger and I'm sorry for those of you listening I'm drinking coffee because I'm so tired for some reason and I almost spit it out (laughs) (laughs) it was a real spit take yeah no he um he used to be a power ranger and like you can tell he's one of those guys that was like had like light amount of fame from being a power ranger but like Mm -hmm. never did anything since yeah and like definitely like emotionally and verbally abusive Mm -hmm. and so like halfway through the season they're like they're in couples counseling and it does this thing that I hate on all reality shows because it's not real, which is that they go to with like a couples therapist. And the reason I, I mean, side note, the reason I hate when they show therapy sessions on reality shows is because there's not a therapist in the world that would agree to have that session be like live taped. Like that's stupid. Anyway, this therapist is like, they're, they've, they've clearly been to this woman before. Like this is clearly like their, their mm-hmm. regular therapist. And she's like, talking and they're talking about like just like how like upsetting the relationship is and how he gets so mad at her and blah 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 and then at one point the therapist is like okay do you mind if her and I just have a private conversation and you step out of the room or whatever so he goes out to like the little lobby area waiting area because clearly this therapist is like this they should not be together like we need her and I need to have a conversation about like them breaking up like Mm -hmm. without him right 
so like she's having this conversation with the girl about how like they like what's your plan to break up like do you want to be with this person blah 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 meanwhile the camera's flashed to him and he's on his hands and he's on his knees praying like leaning on a chair praying and so my housemate Jane had already watched this show and so she was in her room when Maude and I were watching it and the that moment happened and both of us were like oh my god he's gonna kill the therapist like oh my god this guy because he was already so psycho and he'd already done a couple of things that were like so scary and then he's like praying like a psycho in public, like on yeah, his no. chair. And we were like, she literally ran to the back where my where Jane was and was like, Does does the therapist live? Like, I need to know because it was the scariest, like, oh my God, this is a psychopath. Like, this is yeah. so crazy. Absolutely not. That's terrifying. This is scary. Um, before we get into our topic for today, there is something that I wanted to discuss. Oh, this I have I have something to discuss with you as well. Okay. This has been a recurring theme on our podcast. Um, so the other day, I'm at a, a friend's house, COVID safe, whatever. We're in the same bubble. We're, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So we're in the same bubble, whatever. And it's like, it's like 10 p.m. on a Friday night. And Justine calls me and I just didn't answer it because I was with friends, whatever. But then you immediately texted me, call me, period. And so I was like, that's concerning. Our parents were out of town. I was like, I hope something didn't happen. And so then I'm like, I'm just going to go call my sister back real quick. And I like go into her bathroom and I call her back. And were you tipsy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I could tell you were at least a little tipsy. Um, and <laughs> I was like, hey, what's up? And you were like, I have a question for you. And I was like, oh, dear God. Okay. And she goes, is Nate Archibald a simp? <laughs> And I am now like crying, laughing in my friend's bathroom because like, oh my God. (laughs) And I said, obviously Nate Archibald is a simp. Like, obviously. Would you like to defend your case or your question on how this question came about? Um, so my housemate and I had gone out for drinks and dinner. And so we were definitely not sober when we came home. And we continued drinking while we finished watching the end of Bugsy Malone. (laughs) And then then we were like, well, we want to keep this musical train going. So let's watch the classic Grease 2. And in Grease 2, you really chose guilty pleasures. Yeah. (laughs) Guilty pleasures. It was a really good Friday. Um, In Grease 2, this cousin of Sandy from the original Greece moves to the town and starts going to Rydell High and falls in love with Michelle Pfeiffer and he like so badly wants to be with her that he like puts on this disguise to become a cool writer and he's kind of like doing all the papers for the the T-Birds and he's just like trying to tutor her in English or history even though she like doesn't really need a tutor he's just like going so above and beyond and I was literally mid-sentence saying, you know, I think, you know who I think the original simp might be? And I was about to say this guy. And at the same time that I said this guy, my housemate goes, Nate Archibald, (laughs) because he reminded her of Nate Archibald. And it was there that she got to the next point, which is that Nate Archibald is a simp. Yes. And so I was going to ask Ella if that guy was a simp, but Ella has never seen Grease 2, which is... 
a devastating blow to my heart. Um, so I had to ask about Nate Archibald because also that like, once you said yes, that really connected everything in my mind as to like what it was. Okay. So I think everyone would agree Nate Archibald is a simp. Anyone who knows the definition, he's a simp, whatever. Um, okay. So then a couple days later, I am watching SNL because my Rudolph was on this week. It was so funny. So fun. So good. They had a sketch that was basically Kamala Harris hosting a Passover dinner. Sure. I don't want to get the Jewish holiday wrong. Passover is going on right now. So, so yes. I think I'm so sorry if I'm wrong um and they actually had Martin Short guest star as Doug Dougie we love Dougie so much did you watch that sketch Justine I haven't watched it okay I texted Justine and I said Doug is such a simp and she was like what that's not true and I was like no but Doug is a simp and she was like what (laughs) and you told me this feels like you can have it both ways, and I reject that definition. You told me that a simp was a guy who does more for the girl than she does for him, and she doesn't really care as much, no. and that they listen to Lana Del Rey when they're sad. And I don't believe that that would be the definition of Dougie. That is Nate Archibald, but that's not Dougie. I truly feel as though Doug is such a simp. Such a simp. And... You need to watch that sketch because that sketch particularly is about how Doug is a simp. That sketch is literally about Doug being a simp. I'm not the only one who believes this. Um, I'm sure we could find more proof on the internet. Um, But let us know if you agree. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, do we love Dougie? Yes. 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 I told her too, being a simp isn't always a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but she... It felt like was that like what, how I think of Doug is a loving, supportive husband. Right. No, that's... But like that doesn't necessarily scream simp to me the way that like Nate was like kind of pathetic with the way that he like really falls for girls and like he a simp in different ways i think i mean this might be bold but anytime we have like a boss lady hashtag girl boss girly um <laughs> like girl boss or just like powerful woman and they're and they are in a relationship with a man that kisses the ground they walk on that's a simp. Even if he's powerful too, that's a simp. You know what I would say? You know who I think is a simp? Are you about to call Barack Obama a simp? Yeah, 100% Barack Obama is a simp. I, this feels, see, now this makes less sense to me. Like, the, <laughs> like I, now I'm, I'm more confused about what a simp is than I was before because I feel like it's so, like, the Nate, that is not Nate Archibald. Nate Archibald is also a simp. <sighs> Okay, maybe I'll have to do some polls on the Instagram. Maybe we need guest opinions on what a simp is. Okay, well, maybe I'll do like a a like a write-in and people can give their favorite simps. Your that's favorite. what we'll do. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's a great, that's a great choice. Um, yeah, I mean... 
You know who one could say a simp is? Who could one say a simp is? This is maybe a stretch, though. Okay. I can think of two that are pertinent to our topic today. Mm, okay. Possibly Scott Summers Cyclops with Jean Grey from X-Men. I don't know X-Men the way I know the other things. And possibly... Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm from the Fantastic Four. It's been so long since I've seen that that I don't know if I would make that qualification. But I trust you, but I can't verify. Okay, what about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Ant-Man is not a simp. (laughs) Not the same. Not the same. (laughs) Yeah, with you. Oh my God, I'm so confused. Being in love doesn't make you a simp. Okay, what about okay. Star-Lord and Gamora? Maybe. But you know who I would actually qualify maybe more than the others? This one, I, I wouldn't say it's a perfect match, but closer. I would actually say um, Steve Rogers. With who? With Just uh, Oh, Peggy? With- Peggy, is that her name? With Peggy Carter? With Peggy Carter. I would say he's okay. kind of the for Peggy Carter. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Or, okay, no, here's the winner. Here's the winner. Bruce Banner. I was going to say Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that if anyone else played Bruce Banner... It would be different. But it being Mark Ruffalo, like, Mark Ruffalo bleeds Simba. But I mean, here's the thing. The story of the Hulk is kind of the story of a simp, right? Because the whole, right. like, like, every movie before it was the Avengers and he fell in love with, with Scarlett Johansson, the Hulk's whole thing was that he'd be rampaging and then his, like, one true love, <laughs> Betty, what's her name, would come up and he would, like, be normal again. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, he is a simp. That's the winner. Okay. The winner so, those of you couldn't tell, today we are talking about the fact that um, Bucky Barnes could ruin my life, and I would say thank you. Wait, I have to tell you what my housemate said yesterday <laughs> because it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Like, caveat being that, obviously, we all think that Bucky Barnes is so hot, but we were watching the second Falcon and Winter Soldier episode because she hadn't seen it yet. So much better than the first one. Okay. Um, and I, get there. I love, well, yeah, okay. Anyway, she goes, damn, he looks like if uh, Carter Bazin had just finished two terms as president. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. I don't disagree. for the rest of the episode. Like, that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Oh, my gosh. We love Sebastian Stan in every... We stan Sebastian Stan so hard. This is now a Sebastian Stan Stan account. This is literally... I'm turning our Instagram page into a fan account for Sebastian Stan. Um, Ooh, maybe... Okay, so a few weeks ago, I made a who is your Chad Michael Murray boyfriend quiz. Maybe I'll make one for Sebastian Stan. That would be fun. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. Okay. So today, we're just going to talk about Marvel and superheroes. We have the actual queen of superheroes with us. If anybody didn't know... Justine's email account when she was like 11 that she made. <laughs> Do you still use that account? Yeah, for like shopping. Oh God, it has superheroes in it. Superheroes rocks. Spelled wrong. Spelled wrong. So you're never going to be able to guess it. <laughs> um, 
we're big old nerds and we also appreciate how hot superheroes have gotten over time. We grew up in a superhero fam. We did grow up in a superhero fam. Um, we, I think as a family, we've always like watched a bunch of things. We'll be like, oh, that one's me. That one's me. But realistically, as a family, we are the Incredibles. That, that was always kind of our comparison. Um, I don't know if it's as accurate now that we're grown. But when we were kids, we were always the Incredibles. Because like the age differences, everything worked out that way. Yeah. I mean, I like we watched avidly like our like our regular viewing on Friday nights as a family was the Justice League cart- animated cartoon. Yes. We watched avidly like, like the Batman animated cartoon, Batman Beyond the animated cartoon. There's very few shows that like from that age where I could name specific episodes. Like I remember a lot of shows happening around that age because that was honestly around the same time as like when The Office was airing, when My Name is Earl, Chuck, all those things. And we would watch them all as a family. Obviously, I was too young to understand half of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But because we also had the box DVD sets of the Justice League. So I could name like several episodes off the top of my head, which is very rare for me. Mm-hmm. Things moved in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say that one of my claims to fame used to be that for one of my birthdays, we went to go see the third X-Men movie and we stopped by the comic book store on our way to the movie theater. And it just so happened to be Klingon day at the movie or at the comic book store and the Klingon saying happy birthday to me in Klingon. That's your claim to fame. <laughs> it used to be back in the day. That's I was awesome. a real nerd. Um, just, I didn't like Star Trek back then, but now that would be like really like I would appreciate the Klingon happy birthday seriously give me chris pine in a klingon costume that's a different story no i only have paramount plus so i could watch star trek discovery so <laughs> i only got paramount plus so that i could finish iCarly. so <laughs> we are really fitting our brands although it is already 5 41 <laughs> dear god it's for 40 minutes i'm so sorry everyone we're gonna have to cut everything out everything but all of it okay um so let's talk about it let's talk about talk it about superheroes um I feel like we should probably talk more about Marvel because mm-hmm. honestly I haven't really seen any of the recent DC stuff I did see the Wonder Woman movies but otherwise I have not seen it and that includes like the CW stuff like I haven't watched Supergirl or The Flash or Arrow is it Arrow mm-hmm. or like Aquaman like I haven't seen most of the DC stuff besides Wonder Woman, which like great love Gal Gadot, amazing. Which <laughs> she was on SNL. I don't know if it was a recent thing or if it was like just like a random clip that showed up on YouTube from a while ago. She was on SNL and they were playing charades, and <laughs> she was so bad at it. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon was giving her so much crap it was so funny okay I'm sorry (laughs) um I agree with you that we should talk more about Marvel I think the only thing that needs to be said about DC is that they have really good animated content but they've really struggled with their live action stuff I have watched the CW shows. I do think a number of them are good and entertaining, but I think the problem is, is that they don't have sort of that one overarching 
voice or mind the way that like Marvel does, right? Like, you know, that all the Marvel stuff, even when they were owned by different studios are now going to start to be connected under one umbrella. Whereas with DC, like it's a different filmmaker making Wonder Woman than who's making the Justice League or who's making Aquaman Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's fine, but they don't seem to have like one sort of coherent voice, which I think is the real sort of issue um like of of course people get attached to like the tv shows and so then Mm -hmm. if you cast different people in movies than you do in the tv shows for the same roles that's really hard to sort of wrap your brain around whereas like with marvel they did something really brilliant which is that they had the movies and people fell in love with them and then now they're making tv content with those actors so Which is really fall in love with new actors. It's the same people. Yeah. I think if I were to watch anything, I might watch the Flash TV show, but that's simply because I've always loved Grant Gustin. Uh, Yeah. I think you would like it for that reason. I'm not that intrigued by the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's talk about Marvel. What is your favorite Marvel movie of the last, what is it, 26 that spanned over the last 12 years? Oh my God, that's such a hard question. And for reference, we're going to be doing like basically when they started with Iron Man 1, which is kind of the the beginning of this whole thing. We're not going to count the old Hulk and all that stuff. But. Which I did watch as part of the rewatch for all of those. It's I did also, but it's just like not the same. Like we're, Iron Man 1 was really the start of this, like we are going to make an empire. I mean, it was already an empire, but they said <laughs> expand. Did you know at the end of one of those, Tony Stark is in it? It's like in the after credit scene of the Hulk. I think so. Yeah. Um, what's my favorite Marvel movie? I know it's hard to pick just one. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna be like, Justine, you're such a this is like this is the Harry Potter book seven thing for me, which is that there are other movies that are phenomenal that I would watch over mm. and over, but I I can't lie. Like I really love Endgame. No, I agree. And I even like Infinity Wars. Like no, I, I those are two of my I would favorite. watch those back to back for sure. Like right. like I genuinely there are moments that I think about in both of those movies all of the time. And I I feel like part of it is because a lot of the other ones, especially early on, are very like and I was going to talk about this later when we get into um, like the current series and stuff on Disney Plus, like they're a lot more like combat or like military government based, which are great. They're great movies. But, you know, when you've been watching all of these characters for 10 years, like those two are so character driven and are so like such a clear vision of what each character is in the relationships that it's just like like they made those ones for the fans like they made that for mcu for all of us and i am a crybaby about both of them well and i really love like i think something marvel does really well is the storytelling piece Mm -hmm. and i think all of the movies are good in their own way i think some of them do the storytelling better than others But like what I loved about the last Harry Potter book and what I loved about Endgame was that there, or even Infinity Wars, actually, like I'm going to, I'm going to consider those two basically the same. They're the same. It's Deathly Hallows Part 1, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Is that there is stuff that you didn't realize was important five movies ago 
that suddenly is important. I mean, they're still doing that. Like there's still callbacks from like Captain America Winter Soldier that mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing now in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. There's things in the background of Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, there's all this crazy stuff. So that's still happening. But I think that's why I loved it so much is that there's, you sort of see the culmination of this journey that everyone's been on. And you can, you have these callbacks of like, oh, like, this is Endgame or like a suit of armor to protect the world. Like all this stuff that you didn't, you thought were just like throwaway lines or part of an argument between characters suddenly become really important and there is really nothing better than that moment when you think it's just Steve Rogers left and then all the circles open up and the Black Panther steps through and it's just like and it's it's everything it's 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 not just like the characters that we came to love but it is it's all the Wakandans it's all of like all the Asgardians are in their armor like it's not just the Valkyrie it's it's all of them they're all there and it's so just like no I agree there's like such a powerful moment there um it's like why do I like feel emotional like maybe I need to watch it tonight I literally (laughs) just watched it two days ago and I have chills right now like this is crazy it's so good another movie that I mean I guess I'm kind of going outside of my own definition of the Marvel thing that is I would argue top three if not number one Marvel movie of all time is Into the Spider-Verse yes incredible movie it's a re that is a really good movie phenomenally done yeah and to be honest is I think probably gonna play pretty heavily into where Marvel is going with this no I think so too like I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man I know that is a hot take I know not everyone agrees and I'm totally fine with him being the current Spider-Man I know you don't agree. <laughs> I literally started following someone on TikTok the other day because she made a phenomenal argument for why Andrew Garfield is the best one. <laughs> oh my God. I don't, I just don't feel like I've seen that one enough to make an argument. And it's been so long since I've seen the Tobey Maguire ones, but we can argue about which Spider-Man is the best all day long. But I just think Into the Spider-Verse is so good. Um, but I think that kind of takes us into our like next thing, which is like, the new wave of Marvel and this like Disney plus obviously the entire world became obsessed with WandaVision um I think less of the world's gonna be obsessed with Falcon and Winter Soldier um it's a mistake I think because it is really good yeah I so the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier for me was just a little bit too expository I was just kind of bored like it was that kind of like government military Marvel, which I know is kind of the precedent for a lot of it, but I was just kind of bored the first one. But the second episode, when they started interacting and we got more of the like friendship relationship dynamic, which is why I love Infinity War and those other movies so much, like the relationship dynamic is when I was like, okay, yes, I I like this show. Like I'm going to keep watching, you know? Yeah. The first episode was really good. I really genuinely, like, I I don't want to lie and say it. Like, I really loved the first episode. I think because it, like, first of all, Sebastian Stan in that therapy session was so good. Gold. So um, fun. And it really brought home, like, where this show was going to go, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you very much knew right away that these two were dealing with PTSD. This is the story of what happens to veterans when they return from war and they're no longer in the military. 
and how the United States treats them and the life of someone that's a person of color and like just like the whole thing like like I really loved where they were going with it Mm -hmm. the second episode was also phenomenal for a number of reasons the first of which being what you said which is that it's a buddy comedy And part of why I was excited for it is the buddy comedy of it all, which is that these two have a hilarious dynamic and have since the beginning. And they're both such fantastic actors. The writing is really good. The actors are really good. It's just great. The second reason is that, you know, one of my friends said this, which is that like little kids are going to watch this show. And so it's, it's not shying away from important stories about race in this country. That was, that was one of my favorite parts about the episode. And little kids are going to watch this show and grow up understanding race in this country in a way that like we didn't even have when we were growing up because that wasn't talked about or that wasn't like as easy to like access in media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's just, there's so many, there were so many nuances about the race conversation in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was done really well, and I'm really, I'm on the edge of my seat to figure out what happens with this whole Captain America thing, which is weird and crazy. Um, At the time we're recording this, there's only been two episodes. There's a third one coming out tonight, but obviously. I hate that guy. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. So much. I said this game last night, because I watched it for the second time last night, so like, I'm fresh on my mind. I said that when they were in that truck and he kept calling Bucky, Bucky, if I was Bucky, I would have literally said, that's retired Sergeant Barnes to you, asshole. Like, shut up. Like, I, like, I, the, you don't get to call him Bucky, okay? His name is James. At least call him Barnes. Like, at least be like a normal dude about it. Like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, there's just so many, there's so many nuances to that story, too, just because he's, well, not only did, like, the United States government think it was better to just, like, cast a white boy to be the Captain America, but he's basically propped up on the, the backs of people of color, including his wife and his best friend and the HBCU high school or whatever that he, like, he's mm-hmm. just in. But yet he doesn't have enough awareness to know not to put the the police uh, sirens on to get their attention. Right. No, he's an idiot. He's yeah, an idiot. it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. So obviously we know he's like not the good guy here, but we just don't know how that's going to be. So guy necessarily. He's right. not the guy. And that's it's going to come back, back to bite him in the ass. Mm-hmm. I agree i'm excited i'm excited for the rest of it i guess i'll probably watch the third episode tomorrow Um, but i feel like what we really need to talk about because this was a game changer was wandavision not only is it our queen elizabeth olsen who we love it is sitcom central which is literally my comfort zone Mm -hmm. it is weird like like historically sitcom too, like throughout the like decades, which is so kind of like really central for you, for me. And it's witchy. And as a couple of witches, it's witchy. It's witchy, which we love. Yeah. I mean, it is. It was Uh, so good. 
It was so good. Literally no complaints. None. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because, like, I remember talking to our parents after the last episode. And, like, our dad doesn't like it necessarily because he really liked the first six episodes where it was all super TV show based. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't like necessarily when it became, like, action based and witchy. Which is fine. Fine, but like, was there anything better than when you realized that the spells that she, you thought she was misfiring were really just putting the ruins on the wall? No, amazing, incredible. She's so good, and the and I know we're like not supposed to talk about this kind of stuff now in this new feminist Me Too age, but the costume change. Oh my gosh, so good. The costume change, so good. And I think, like, there were just so many different elements that were so good. But one of the big kind of reveals was, you know, finding out that she's the Scarlet Witch. Obviously, we knew she was the Scarlet Witch, but she had never been called that in the entire franchise. Which at that point, she'd been in for what, like five, six years? I didn't realize that until you pointed that out, that she'd never been called the Scarlet Witch. And I had watched an interview. It was one of those, like, the wired autocomplete things where they answer the most searched questions. Mm -hmm. And they were like is Elizabeth Olsen Scarlet Witch or something. And this was, I think this was right before Endgame came out. So she still wasn't revealing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, I'm the Scarlet Witch, but I guess it's actually never been said on screen. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. But I really liked the just kind of different dynamics between each episode. Like that is so cool. Mm-hmm. It was so innovative. That was so unique. I really, I, I love that. I loved the tie-in of other smaller characters from other movies. Yes. Um, it reminded me how much I love the name Darcy. Love Darcy. Um, also just love Kat Dennings. I want to be her. Loved um, the, the Jimmy Woo character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was all really good. Like, it was just, I don't even know how, like, how to talk about it. I know. It was like, I needed, it was like a puzzle that I needed to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't feel like I need to figure out the puzzle of Falcon and the Winter Right. <laughs> right. I needed to figure out the WandaVision puzzle. Almost completely. And I think, I mean, I don't know where they'll take another season, because I'm assuming they're doing another one. But I don't know. They might do something else. Um, but I don't think do another season. I heard that this was Paul Bettany's swan song. I mean, that makes sense. But I, something else with Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it'll go. Something else. But, like, they set it up for a perfect, like, mm-hmm. transition. So good. I'm obsessed. Can't talk about enough. I have Agatha. It's been Agatha all along. Stuck in my head on repeat daily. <sighs> Yeah, that's that song was great. I like I also like Catherine Hahn, man. Oh my god, so good. Like phenomenal work she does. Yes. No one is talking about her enough. She is a well-rounded actress. Yes. And I loved the addition of Evan Peters and the like did they recast yes. Metro, Peter. That whole thing was awesome. I'm such a Evan Peters fan to begin with, but bringing him into this side of Marvel was like perfect I also think that because you remember at the beginning or in episode four when 
they show like the background kind of stuff. And the FBI agent is like, I came here because I was my person witness protection, like hadn't gotten in touch with me. So I came to check in on him and this is what I found. Mm -hmm. I think he's the one that was in witness protection because when she was in his house, she like looked at his ID and she was like, your name is like John Boner. And he was like, (laughs) Boner. And if that had been your name your whole life, you wouldn't laugh about it. It's true. But if, but like, (laughs) I mean, I didn't make this theory up. I've been wondering who the person was the whole time, but I did get that from someone on TikTok. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see all, cause you know, they're going to answer those things for us too. Eventually. Yeah. Like it's for sure. Answer. We might not realize that that's the answer when we watch it. It will require us rewatching all these things like three times because they're so detailed. Right. Well, um, my favorite part about WandaVision was that every time an episode ended, Disney plus was like, do you want to watch Age of Ultron? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to watch Age of Ultron? Yeah. So funny. Um, yeah. Can't speak highly. Um, what are your other female Marvel icons? Because obviously she's the big one right now, but there have been so many. Ugh, there are so many. I mean, I guess not just Marvel, but like our superhero yeah. woman icons. I mean... Here's the thing. I want to talk about all the Marvel ones because there are so many. Mm-hmm. I do feel like we need to just like mention Wonder Woman because yeah. I thought Wonder Woman coming out. She's I, the original female superhero. It, yes. And also I think that the Wonder Woman movie changed the way that people watched and understood the Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Captain Marvel movie was really good. But I think it wasn't as good as Wonder Woman. And because Wonder Woman had already come out, I think the expectations for a female-driven movie were way higher. Like, yeah. I like it, I don't necessarily think it's Captain Marvel's fault that it didn't reach those levels because I don't think it knew it needed to mm-hmm. <laughs> until we all watched Wonder Woman and went, yeah, this is a really freaking good movie and yeah. women can lead superhero movies, turns out. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yay for us. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, Wonder Woman was great. The second Wonder Woman, not as great. Um, I, you and I both had problems with it. I just like, can't think about that movie without thinking about Kristen Wiig in the cat suit. That's the only, she looked like she was in a small town production of Cats. She did. (laughs) Like she looked like she was about to sing Agony. memory memory agony is from into the woods chris pine okay my brain went somewhere else memory she did she definitely did i also just like take chris pine out of the movie is what you're gonna say i'll tell you that (laughs) i mean well yeah because i just think it's she is beyond that she's more than pining after a man for 70 years pining Um, that was a good one (laughs) (laughs) but also I think something that was great about Captain Marvel is that and I'll talk about this with Jessica Jones too is that there could have been a really beautiful friendship between her and Kristen Wiig And some of the best moments of that movie were the beautiful friendship between them. And obviously they had to have like a villain that had superpowers kind of thing. Like Kristen Wiig's character was going to go in that direction. But I just think that they could have 
used sort of the bonds of female friendship more in a way that was better, like a better story to tell. I agree. No, I agree. It wasn't a perfect movie, but you know, oh, it was female superhero baby steps. <laughs> baby steps. My favorite. I think my favorite kind of like females within the superhero realm mm-hmm. are obviously like we have our Captain Marvels, we have our one, our um, Scarlet Witches, all these icons. But I really love like all the kind of other women that are the reason the superheroes exist. For example, in Black Panther, There's Black like- Panther would not <laughs> be Black Panther without every other woman basically like he would not exist if his three best like companions and like his three right hand people were women 100% I'm the worst with names so I cannot say the characters names because I I say this in every episode I just don't remember names of things but those three women are the reason that movie exists yeah I mean absolutely like um it's funny, we we were at the drive-in the other day and they were playing Black Panther, so mm-hmm. that's where we went. And um, I said that out loud. I was like, if the United States military presented themselves like the Dormelage, I would definitely have tried harder in PE. Right. <laughs> you know, like if I knew it was an option to be one of those badass women, I would have had a different perspective. Right. And you just think about, you think about Thor. The, what are they, Val, Valkyrie? Is that the, the Valkyrie, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Valkyrie. You think about even even Iron Man. Pepper Potts put on the suit twice in the franchise, which is insane. She did. Well, I mean, even in Thor, before the Valkyrie were introduced, mm-hmm. there's also um, Lady Sig and the Warriors 3, like the one. Yeah. yeah. I, is, is that her name? That might not be her name. But she's knowing the word. Like, I'm not the one to ask. Like, that character is, like, a strong, badass warrior woman. Right. And, of course, we have Black Widow, who's, like, basically, like, the heart and soul of the Avengers by the end. Like, she's the one who's trying to keep it together. She's also, like, the first Avenger that we... I mean, obviously, they call Captain America the first Avenger. But she's the first one that we, like, meet in the series. Because she's the one that comes to be Tony's assistant in Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. So she's really the first one that we sort of are introduced to as part of this, like, larger scheme of, well, I guess Agent Coulson. When is that movie coming out? May. May. Okay. Um, Which I'm really excited for because I love Florence Pugh. Everyone in that movie is going to be so good. I'm just particularly excited for Florence Pugh because, you know, Scarlett Johansson is not our favorite person in the world. Um, She... (laughs) probably the only time I have ever liked (laughs) in terms of like Hollywood couples the only time I've ever been a bigger fan of the man (laughs) I love Colin Jost way more than I love Scarlett Johansson but problematic at times yeah um but you know we love uh Rachel is Rachel Weiss the one that's the other woman in it I don't know I'm so bad with them I literally saw Florence Pugh and I said okay I'm sold are and also isn't the 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 guy in it the like cop from stranger things uh yes his name is david harbour almost positive the other woman is rachel weiss too david harbour am i right yeah david harbour oh i'm so talented and it is rachel weiss (laughs) 
<laughs> well, um, yes. So many um, different things like that. Agent Coulson, you're totally right about that. Um, and Col- is that Colby Smulders? No, Agent Coulson is the guy, but Colby Smulders is. She in- shows up at like the same time. Doesn't she? She doesn't show up in Iron Man 1, but she does show up shortly. Shortly thereafter. First Avengers movie. The, the, like. I don't know her name. I don't know if her character's name. Her character's name is. Agent Hill. Maria Hill. Agent Hill. But then there's just all these other people, obviously, like the Wasp. But not only the Wasp. Michelle Pfeiffer's character in the Ant-Man series. Like, so many women that. I mean, I love our leading ladies, but these women are the ones that make it happen. You know who I really love? Who do you really love? Nebula. I can't agree. You know why I like Nebula? Because no one else does and you're different. She's a full story arc, character arc, which I love. Okay. It, And this is not a reason to like her character, but it just blows my mind that that actress is the same one from the Jumanji movies. <laughs> you know what I don't like? I, yeah. You know what I don't like Nebula for? And this is so surface level. I should be able to look past this, but I can't. I cannot listen to her voice. I knew that's what you were going to say. It makes me want to pull my teeth out. I knew that's what you were going to say. Listen, <laughs> this is what is next. Okay. That is my father. She has to sound because she's probably had her vocal cords replaced. I know. I just feel that there are so many other choices she could have made as an actress. And I just don't love that one. Well, okay then. I just, I don't know what it is. I can't stand her. And I can, I love the story arc. There's so many other parts. It's just like the way she speaks. I can't handle it. I can't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, you know who we also love that we're hoping to see in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sharon Carter. Who? Peggy Carter's niece. Oh, right. What's that actress's name? She's the one from, she's in like a Shonda Rhimes show, right? Revenge? Revenge. And she was also on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's the one that looks exactly like Chloe Grace Moretz, but is not Chloe Grace Moretz. She is not going <laughs> We are annoying everyone now. Literally, everybody hates us. Everyone's like, wow, we had to get through 40 minutes of talking and only 20 minutes of Marvel. You suck. I think that they're just coming to hear us talk. I don't think that they actually care what the topic is. That's fine. Um, I do want to talk about the women in the Marvel Netflix series, i.e., Jessica Jones. Um, mm-hmm. the female leads or sort of co-stars in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Luke Cage in The Iron Fist in um, Daredevil. Can I make a quick confession? You've never seen any of them. <laughs> None of them. I have seen parts of Jessica Jones. I do know the premise of that. However, everything else, I don't know. I know the premise of Daredevil because our dad used to watch it a bunch when we were kids. But um, otherwise, I know nothing. Okay. 
So unfortunately, I wish I'd written down all their character names because I don't remember all of them. I only, but, wait, what's the lady who plays Jessica Jones's name? I always forget it every time. She plays Lucy on Gilmore Girls. Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Okay. Um, Jessica Jones. Well, Jessica Jones is the one that's female-led, right? So she's obviously amazing. The woman who plays her best friend is a really fascinating character. Through all four of the... Actually, I think it's only three of the series. But there's also this, like, lawyer who is on it. And she's, like got a very fascinating story arc, really interesting, very like, just really a really interesting story. But to your earlier point, like some of the best characters on those shows are the, the women who sort of support the heroes, right? Like Colleen on Iron Fist is not only is she a phenomenal character in herself and like a phenomenal fighter, but like, she's the interesting story there. Mm -hmm. Cage, it's the story of the detective that you want to know more about. Like her story is the one that like really gets you. Or even like um like Cottonmouth's sister, like Black Mariah, like her story is fascinating and she's such a good actress anyway that you're like, I could just watch you all day. Like I'm just gonna watch you forever. Um and then also on uh on Daredevil. I'm never going to remember her name, but the girl that is friends with both him and Foggy that like works for them as their assistant is played by the girl that played Jessica on True Blood. She's also great. Like she's also phenomenal. So it's just like a whole bunch of really interesting characters that were given actual time to be characters and like develop and be Mm -hmm. strong and also vulnerable and also not always good and not always bad. And like, I kind of think that's what's always been great about Marvel and that's particularly what's been great about them the series that were on Netflix is because it was the like this is gonna sound so weird to say but those were like the sort of street characters right like Daredevil's Mm -hmm. not fighting battles against aliens Daredevil's fighting like criminals on the streets like in (laughs) Hell's Kitchen right like Luke Cage isn't fighting battles against aliens. Luke Cage is fighting drug dealers in Harlem. You know, like there are these people we're dealing with like the real nitty gritty of like the day-to-day life. And it's so interesting. Well, you bring up a good point, which leads me into kind of my final thing I want to talk about. I'm sure you have more stuff, but some of my favorite characters just in general with movies are villains. I love uh-huh. a villain. I always have like from Disney. Oh my God. How can you not prefer the villains? Like, let's be honest. Like they're better. And Marvel has some interesting ones, particularly the women like Hela. Mm, yeah. Iconic. And given I like Hella is kind of my nickname like I just whenever I have to put a nickname down for something it's Hella so I think it's really funny and like she's amazing Mm -hmm. um but do you have favorite villains whether they are just like the street like crime happening on the street or an alien do they have to be women no any villain um That's really interesting. One of my favorites is actually in Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. 
Because that reveal, when you figured out that it was her dad, was like, oh my God, like shocking. Yeah. Um. Gosh, this is a really good question. I don't know why I struggle with it so much. Um, also the villain in The Incredibles 2, the like evil scientist lady. The <laughs> villain. Yeah, I mean, I would say Killmonger in the Black Panther is a really phenomenal oh. villain. Okay. Um, <laughs> not just because. Not just because he's, he's Michael B. Jordan and he's also Michael B. Jordan. Um, but because it's, you know, there's real possibilities there. And it's, oh, really, yeah. like, we know that kid. You know, like, we know those people. Yeah. Um, and who else is a good villain? Like, a really good villain? Kristen well, Wiig. <laughs> the ultimate villain i mean let's talk about the villain who i never thought he was a villain but other people did and he's the reason we're here today oh the winter soldier mr james bucky barnes right and the other important one who we have a series coming up who again many people thought he was a villain i never did and the other reason we're here today mr loki Loki Hiddleston. Oh, Tom Loki Hiddleston. <laughs> Former boyfriend of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Jeez. Those two, they keep me watching these movies. I mean, they don't. There's so many other people. We just talked about all these important women. And I go saying They're these men are all good, but I gotta like the Winter Soldier, man. Also, the Captain America Winter Soldier movie is really good. Like, mm-hmm. recommend a rewatch of that. Yeah. It's all... Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to finish this up. But there was, like, a little moment in Falcon and Winter Soldier that I'm confused about. You might have an answer for me. Okay. When um, Falcon... His name's Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Sam? He's like, you spend a couple months in Wakanda, and all of a sudden you're the White Panther. And then he goes, I'm actually the White Wolf? What oh, yeah. That? Okay, so after Captain America Civil War, Captain, like, Bucky is like, my mind is still so messed up. I can be. No, he went to Wakanda. No, Captain takes him to Wakanda. Wakanda. And um, while he's there, he, like, lives in, like, a hut, right? Like, lives, like, Mm -hmm. sort of off on his own. But he, like, helps out and and plays with them. And the little kids call him the White Wolf. So in one of the. How did you know that? Because in one of the scenes, one of the post-credit scenes in one of the movies, I don't remember which one, they refer to it. And then when they, in Infinity Wars, when they're bringing everyone to Wakanda, Mm -hmm. T'Challa says, it's time to get the white wolf out of retirement or whatever. And they go like up to him. And it's like the little kids are in the, in the after-credit scene of, now I'm not gonna remember which movie it is, but one of the movies in the after credit scene when he like he's being woken up by kids like yelling his name White Wolf, but it's like in the subtitles because they're yelling it in their native language or whatever, but they call him the White Wolf. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh. that's like a <laughs> super nerdy joke, but was my favorite part both times I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where I have a lot questions and justine answers them in too much detail (laughs) um (laughs) sorry i should name this episode 
the episode that we keep renaming our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rename our podcast. Um, sorry. Um, we'll let you know halfway through. Sorry. That's what it'll be called. <laughs> the podcast where they don't start talking about their topic till 40 minutes in. Jeez. Well, anything else about superheroes? Since we have actually been talking for an hour and a half. I mean, go watch your favorite Marvel movie and your least favorite Marvel movie because you might change your mind. I'm not go- gonna I'm not gonna go watch Thor 2. Okay, that's fair. I like, just I'm not gonna do that. Like, don't forget about like the Winter Soldier or Age of Ultron. Like okay. those are better movies than I think people remember. Right. I'm just not gonna go watch Thor 2. <laughs> that's fine okay what people should really do speaking of movies with underrated heroes should go watch Grease 2 no <laughs> so good I can't even begin to explain to you we were watching it we both know this movie really well we're both like singing along to the lyrics Cool Rider comes on we're singing along with Michelle Ryder to Cool Rider and both of us realize oh my God, I think this may have shaped my love life without me even knowing it. I just can't think about Grease 2 without thinking about that scene in Glee where Rachel and Finn are trying to figure out how they're going to lose their duet competition. <laughs> Sorry. And Finn goes, hey, you remember how we watched Grease and it was awesome and then we watched Grease 2 and it was terrible and it wasn't just because the songs were terrible, it's because they were also offensive. <laughs> and then they're like, yes, that's how we're going to win the competition. Okay. The ending scene, not so great. The rest of it, only offensive if you don't like talking about sex. <laughs> okay. okay. I might have misquoted. Maybe they said the movie was bad because the songs are bad. And then they were like, oh, yes, we need to sing bad songs. And then he's like, not only bad, but offensive. And then they're like, yeah. like, look, like everything from that time, there's just like an overture of sexism to everything, right? Woohoo. <laughs> but. I really feel like there is something feminist about the way Michelle Pfeiffer sings about how if it takes forever, she'll wait forever for a guy that fits all of her criteria. I thought, (laughs) for some reason, when you started talking about that, I thought that the song was going to be about sex. And then I was like, burn her through and through. She wants a writer. That's cool. There's also the let's do it for our country song where one of the T-Birds tries to convince his girlfriend to sleep with him for their country before they have to go to war. And he hides her out in a bomb shelter and makes her think the bombs are dropping. There's also let's bowl where they all go bowling on a Friday night and sing about bowling. And uh, and they literally, <laughs> the lines are like, we're going to score tonight. <laughs> so confused okay there is the reproduction song in biology class where they sing about reproduction reproduction i know all the words ella so when you watch it with me which you will because it's now required viewing um i will be singing all of the parts okay (laughs) i will just say this one last thing unlike with the original grease Grease 2 is a phenomenal dance movie. Like, choreography is great in that movie. You don't think it was good in the first one? I mean, I think it's, like, 
basic stuff. They got cha-cha-cha. They got like for real dancers for like large group numbers for Grease 2. Just just watch the back to school scene. Okay. I'll watch it if you I'm gonna send you I'm just gonna send you YouTube videos of all the songs. I will watch them if you watch the sketch of Doug being a simp. All right. I'll watch the Dougie Simp sketch. Don't look up Dougie Simp. It's going to be some <laughs> weird teaching me how to Dougie. It's going to be like a slow, sad version of teaching how to Dougie. Give me a little more credit than that, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> we need to end this. We need- Can you end it by saying... I had an ending question in my mind. If you were one superhero, who would it be? One, two, three, Carly. Okay, fun. I don't have an answer. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say the Black Widow, but then I wanted magic. (laughs) Okay. Um... I should have thought about this. I don't really want to be a superhero, but I would like love to be Pepper Potts. I can definitely see that for you. I feel like I could thrive in that environment. I think you could be a great Pepper Potts. Thank you so much. Okay. So should we get cheeseburgers now? Oh, that's interesting.